0: Welcome to the Earfluence Podcast, which is a podcast about podcasting from a podcast production company. I'm Jason Gillikin, CEO of Earfluence. And with me, as always, is Cece Huffman, social media strategist, content strategist, editor, doer of all things at Earfluence. What's going on, Cece?
1: Hello. How are you doing today?
0: Great, great. What's going on in your world?
1: Well, I got a pie this week from Slice Pie Company. I ate pretty much half of the pie already. It's a gluten-free chocolate chest pie, a pie I never thought I was going to be able to eat again. And it is absolutely so good. We released the Vision of a Champion project that we've been working on with UNC soccer coach Anson Dorrance. And so that was really exciting to share that with all of my friends because as a newly graduated Tar Heel, it was kind of fun to be like, Look at me <laughs> working with Anson Dorrance. Yeah. Um, and the
0: first episode was Mia Ham. Mia speaking yes, Ham.
1: Literally. Yeah. So it's like, hey guys, um, this is what I've been doing post grad talking with Anson Dorrance and Mia Ham. <laughs> Hope that's awesome. okay. Yeah. So it's been a good week.
0: Yeah. And upcoming on that show, just legends of the soccer community and coaching community. Roy Williams will be on in a few weeks, Crystal Dunn. I mean, Jessica McDonald, I mean, all these huge names. I'm so excited to, to share more of these episodes.
1: Yeah, I never really saw myself like being so involved with a lot of these athletes. But <laughs> we also have Dr. Debbie Stroben's podcast, if you only knew, that we've been working on. And there's just a lot of big athletes on there as well. And I actually sent that to one of my friends the other day because they're really interested in like the race and sports conversation. Mm -hmm. And I forgot that I was the intro and outro voice for it. So I sent it to them and they were like, is that you? I was like, oh my gosh, yes. But (laughs) (laughs) it was funny. That's
0: awesome. Dr. Debbie is is great. And we've got another doctor on the show today. So we have a guest, Dr. Lori Watson. And Dr. Lori is a podcasting, I don't want to say she's a podcasting legend, she is a podcast success story in this local area for sure. She has been podcasting since February 10th, 2016. She's at 249 episodes, and get this, wow. 4.3 million downloads of her podcast. Her podcast is called 4Play Radio. Uh, she's got 1,200 ratings. She's got a book out uh, called Wanting Sex Again. She's got a, a marriage counseling and sex therapy practice. So excited to bring on Dr. Lori Watson today to the EarFluence Podcast. Dr. Lori, how are you doing?
2: Great! Thanks for having me. This is fun.
0: Yep. Well, Dr. Lori, I'm I'm sorry that this is going to be far less interesting content than your <laughs> normal than your normal <laughs> podcast so just tell maybe, us about- maybe
2: your listeners are sorry too <laughs> <laughs> maybe yes. they want to listen about sex
0: <laughs> right yeah so if you're looking for that type of podcast switch on over you know maybe hit the pause button on this and come back to it yeah
1: definitely come back <laughs> yeah
0: but go to foreplay radio pretty incredible tell us just in a nutshell what the podcast is all about dr laurie
2: sure we are two psychotherapists i'm a certified licensed marriage family therapist and so is my co-host George Fowler and I am also a sex therapist and George is a global leader in couples uh, therapist training and so we come together it's actually a professional show but we're very frank about our conversation with sex and we talk about kind of from a man and a woman's point of view all the difficulties, the problems, the joys that happen in a sexual relationship, and you know, from our clinical perspective and from our own personal lives, our own separate marriages—we are not partnered together, but we are business partners—and so it's really a conversation we think most people would love to have, and we try to demo it in a really natural way, uh, how people can talk about sex with each other and. What's important and how it can be an exciting part of our lives in committed relationships.
0: That's awesome. No, and I've, I've listened to some episodes and it is very well done. I mean, you are—it's very deserving that you've got all these downloads and, and people interested in this um, because it's a—it's a great show. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious though—you were—you were very early in in starting up your podcast, and and one thing that I want to get into on this show is you know, how, how has this podcast changed your business? Um, because that's, that's what a lot of our clients are looking for, is to really have more opportunities to do other things and to grow their personal brands, grow their business brands, get more opportunities for, for speaking, for consulting, um, for their practice, just build them up, amplify what we say, amplify your expertise. But you know, backing up a little bit, You were early. It was 2016. How did it all get started, and and why did you do it?
2: That's a fun question. I was, I published a book, Wanting Sex Again, and the Raleigh News and Observer picked it up and published it on Valentine's Day in 2012, I believe, and my practice really took off from that point, and then I started to be called and invited into radio shows and television shows. And I was on My Carolina Today for a year as a sex expert. And Bob and the Showgram really gave me a great boost. They invited me as a guest there. And then their station approached me and said, Hey, you know, we have this half hour slot that is a little not consistent. It's a half an hour before. The UNC Chapel Hill football and basketball games. And we wanted to know if we could sell it to you cheap. I thought, you know, that would be a huge opportunity to be on the radio and do my own thing. And so I said yes, and we recorded and they listened to it and they said, nope, we can't do that. It's, really? a little too, it's a little too sexual. And, you know, I think to be fair, it probably wasn't very good at that point. We didn't know where we were going and what we were doing. And so it might have been both things. And they said, you know, we just, we realize now that people are going to be driving to the game with kids in the car and, and <laughs> not going to, this is not going to fly. And so.
0: Wait, what was, what was the pilot episode then that you so sent the pilot them?
2: episode was this is why we were for play radio before the game right that's funny i love that yeah it it was it was fantastic and so i thought it was going to be fantastic and so when that didn't work out i kind of in my own uh disappointment said you know just forget it i'm going to do my own thing i'm going to podcast because as i taught around the community i taught at chapel hill and at duke and their medical schools and even with doctors and patients, and I mean, bunko groups, you name it, I was a speaker. And some of the information that I thought was really just run of the mill, everybody knew this common you know, stuff, common sense, they were just floored. They're like, we don't know this about sex, we really don't. And so I thought, you know, just as a service, I'm gonna put these lectures out there and hope to help a few people and we'll see what happens. And I don't know how many people listened the first day I, I did a launch, but I really didn't know quite as much as I know now about launching. And I don't know, we probably had a hundred people listen. We were like, hooray, this is awesome. You know? And I had no real expectations for it gathering momentum. I'm on my third co-host. And I mean, George is probably by far the most experienced in speaking he brings his own platform to it it's he's amazing in terms of his knowledge he's a brilliant therapist and not only that but he is so vulnerable from a macho perspective about his you know knowledge and lack of knowledge about sexuality and you know he's like all the time sort of saying you know wow i i didn't know that i didn't know where to find that place on her and and all this and so it's a lot of fun But I think, I'm not sure if we had a big break, but eventually we started to uh, grow and I was noticing, wow, our downloads are increasing and that was exciting. And I think, you know, now we're at four and a third million downloads and we have 200, over 200,000 downloads a month. We have had a national sponsor reach out to us. I reached out to another national sponsor and So we are finally going to make money, which is really exciting and there's been a lot of opportunities that have happened because of it. I think that the most exciting thing to me is I get hundreds of letters and people say, you know, you've changed our lives. We are talking to each other. We've been married for X number of years, some of them many, many years, decades, and they say we've never talked about sex to each other. And Listening to you, you're so natural. You make it so easy to talk about it. You know, it's informative, but it's not salacious. And so it's something that we can really resonate with and learn from. And that probably is the thing that just a non-monetary, on a personal level, that reward of getting those letters and lots and lots and lots of them. And, and what is nice, too, is very little critical letters come in. And I, I'm a blogger and all I get. Like on my blog it's critical letters so <laughs> this is kind of nice
0: that's so great that you're making a difference and was that one of the reasons that you wanted to to do this was to to make that difference and or did did it have any specific goals in place because you're having to put some time into this like yes. when when you're doing this and you're doing this launch you put out three episodes you probably had in in the can another 10 episodes or something like that. That's right. And you, you're taking the time. It's a, little, a lot of time involved in this. You know, w- were there specific goals for, for it?
2: Well, I'm pretty naive. And I, I think it really was just let's get the word out and see what happens. And, you know, this was four and a half years ago. So we didn't have any hope of making money on it, really. I mean, we thought maybe we could make our costs back and that we would expand our practices. And that was sort of our minimal goal. And that certainly has happened and I'll talk about specifically how, but I I mean, I think some of it was just some altruism. It's like, wow, people are suffering out there and we have answers. We understand theoretically how to help people solve sexual problems. That there is actually a theory about it, and people don't know that. You know, it's just a shot in the dark, and they get these messages from Reader's Digest type articles, you know, go buy lingerie, do date night, and then there's so much discouragement that nothing changes permanently, and they don't know how to secure the sexual relationship. And I think, in my theory, I do know how to do that. So that's kind of why I first put it out there, hoping to just develop the practice and. And see what would happen. I didn't have any lofty goals. I had no idea we would be this popular.
0: Now was there any competition at the time? Like was there was there anybody else who was doing a like a a a sex education type of podcast?
2: There are a couple competitors certainly in my field the, the biggest competitors are Sex with Emily and Dan Savage's Lovecast. Um but they're different than we are. I mean I think Some of it, Sex with Emily is about her own dating life and she is a sexologist, but there's more gratuitous kinds of content. And Dan Savage, you know, he's a columnist, but he's not a sex therapist. So I don't, I think he gives advice, but he doesn't have a theoretical background. So yeah, there wasn't much out there like us and there still isn't much out there like us in terms of really coming from a philosophy and a theory to help people.
1: Well, I feel like a lot of people are just too afraid to actually talk about it. So I feel like they just need, I mean, you're one of the people who's brave enough and smart enough to know how to do it. And I think that's great. But Thank how you. do people like the negative reviews that you get, how do you deal with those? Cause you get a lot of positive, but sometimes, you know, the negative can outweigh that.
2: Well, given that I'm a sex therapist, you'll understand this metaphor. I say you got to wear steel panties. <laughs> you know, you really do. I, I I think you just have to let it drop at your feet, and say, I have a mission, I have a purpose, and I believe in my content. And there's going to be naysayers. Somebody told me early on, it's like, you know what? Don't beat yourself up. There's plenty of people out there who are going to do it for you. So just you got to hold on in your heart to your own vision, and that's kind of what I've done. I I think. Again, as a writer, I and a blogger, I've dealt with this for many, many years. You know, over ten years of negative feedback, and you just you got to ignore it.
0: And that's really great advice. Um, I'm curious, like, what what has this podcast done for your business? Like, you you said you had a book uh, that was out and you had a practice, but how has this podcast helped you connect further with your with your audience, with your patients? What is it meant for media? What is it meant for the book? What like, what is it meant for, for your business overall?
2: So I have, gosh, grown so much. In, first of all, it's given me a national audience. People are aware of me as a sex therapist, and it's given me opportunities to speak, opportunities to do therapy and intensives, which are, expensive weekends where couples fly into Raleigh and then we work on their sex life in a really concentrated way for basically 12 to 16 hours and you can just make so much headway. And so certainly that has been a, a huge fun opportunity. The media has paid attention. I mean, we've been in the New York Times, we've been in Time Magazine, BuzzFeed, you name it, uh, Huffington Post, wherever um, they're talking about podcasts and wherever they're talking about sex therapy, suddenly I've kind of risen to the top in terms of as a commentator and a uh, for opinions. And that is so exciting. I can't sleep. I went to go see Hamilton and, and I le- leaned over to my husband and I said, I can't stop thinking about work. <laughs> you know, I know I'm supposed to be paying attention here, but what I'm doing is my life passion and so exciting and the opportunities are so exciting. So, you know, just to have that kind of influence and to deliver hope on a scale that, you know, we can actually help therapists understand how to do this now so that, you know, it's just exponential in terms of the reach. So it's just very exciting. I mean, certainly it's been profitable to, in terms of the business development, profitable. I'm really only now more than breaking even on sponsorship. So, four and a half years. Um, I think some of this, the holdback was that it was sexual content. And so some sponsors didn't want to do that. And whereas I think most people at this level would be having sponsors, you know, beat the bushes to find them. And but for me, there was, you know, some difficulty in that.
0: Yeah. And I'll get uh, inquiries uh, a fair amount from people who. Think that their podcast is going to attract sponsorships right away, and I I, I kind of have to talk them down a little bit because you know maybe it will you know maybe it'll be a a viral sensation, but the reality is the the Joe Rogans of the world, the Bill Simmons of the world, the Jenna Kutcher's of the world are very rare, and it's it's hard to to do that, and you're only going to get about a twenty five dollar CPM, so twenty five dollar per thousand downloads you know, per the first 30 days of your show, which isn't much, you know, so let's say you get um, a a thousand downloads, which is, which is very good. You know, for the first 30 days, you're only looking at a hundred dollars for, for an ad spot. So, you know, like the, the benefit to podcasting for businesses is going to be much more than that. And the fact that you're just now breaking even kind of, it doesn't hide it, but it, it, uh, glosses over the, the business benefit, right? Of, well, of
2: we are now this. more than breaking even, just for the right. record. And I will say my price point is quite a bit higher, finally, than that. But, you know, you, you can use services that help you get ads, but then you also split with them a percentage. So that 25 CPM is split with a percentage as well. So you're right. There's often not, unless you have, you know, downloads are king, unless you have a ton of downloads, it is hard to make money even to make back your costs in terms of your editing, your studio rental, all that. Which one smart thing I did is I built out a closet at work as a studio.
0: Oh, closets work saved.
2: I saved on studio costs.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that that makes sense.
2: And you have it whenever you want. Right. And I'll rent it out to local podcasters, so let me know.
0: interesting so we just we don't have a studio the the thing is like one of the biggest attractions for for working with businesses is that they can go to their clients with, or to their clients offices and just set up shop and so that's what we were doing for our clients is mm-hmm. going to their clients places and just recording a podcast from there and then now <laughs> now it's all zoom right so now it's now it's just super convenient but yeah we're always on the lookout for good studios so we'll have to check that out.
2: It is. Yeah. My co-host is in New York. So we do this basically through Zoom. We have special fancy equipment in both locations, but we look at each other uh, on Zoom. So yeah, it's, it's a different world right now.
0: For sure. yeah. Dr. Laurie, can you talk about what the podcast has meant to your book? Um, you know, you, you had the book out. Uh, was it selling? Has it helped its life? Is there a call to action on, uh, on the podcast for the book? Like, how, is, how has that helped?
2: That's a very good question. I don't see that it's promoted the book that much. When my book came out, I was invited onto Katie Couric wow. and did that. And That's that was awesome. very exciting. And even the Katie Couric show had zero influence on the book sales. Zero. We, we flatlined on that. And this was right as Oprah was closing. My agent had said, you know, this is Oprah fodder. And I said, it is. It was so exciting. And then she shut down. And, you know, it was very difficult. You know, when you publish a book in the beginning, if you're not a name and you don't have a platform, then you are the publicist as well. But I think that what Foreplay has done for us is it's given us a platform. So our next book that we write You know, we can sell and publishers certainly would look at our platform and want to take us on and we may just self publish because we have such an audience. We could make money that way and It depends on our goals and and some of the goal is if you go with a publisher right you might have national money and exposure, whereas if you self publish, you might actually make money. So it depends, uh, and I'm not sure where we're landing on that at this point. But we are writing; we've just begun that process.
0: Well, that, that's exciting. When when do you think uh, a new book is coming out?
2: George says that our new book is going to be done by February. the The rough draft will be done by February. I'm looking at him like he's crazy because it took me five years to write my first book. But you know, he's like, no, no, we'll just do a chapter a week, and it'll be fine. <laughs> 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 he's, he's an author. He's an experienced author of three books. So,
0: Dr. Laurie, one of the reasons I wanted you on this show bec- is because some of our, our clients you know, have a concern about giving away free content. Like yeah. there's, you know, there, there's a lot of content that you can give out, but how do you monetize that? Now, is there a concern on your end that you have published so much content out there but then you're trying to sell this book. But you're trying to, you know, help out your your clients. And with four million plus downloads, you've given away a ton of free content. Yes, I. Have. How do you how do you how <laughs> how do you walk that line?
2: I kind of believe in reaping and sowing. You know that what you put out there, what you give to the world, comes back to you. And so I don't worry so much about that. I think that monetization could happen in many ways and probably I should have done it uh, better, but it could, you know, seminars and programs, you know, there's so many people that podcast that really package themselves better than I have, you know, where they come in on maybe different platforms so you know, there's like a gold, silver, bronze level that you can join us and you'll get time with me. You'll get this special episode, this content, or, you know, maybe as a business training programs. I mean, there's a lot of ways that besides just monetization of the podcast, that really people can make money early. So I I think that that probably something I should have done, haven't really done as well. And I'm just getting to the point, you know, my children are out of the home now and there is less responsibility that I feel at home. So maybe I can do a little bit more of that. And, you know, the books are the first step. I I don't know, people like to see things in organized ways. And I think what is really exciting about podcasting is it's relational learning. You know, they, they hear you as a personality, but then when they're applying it to their own life, sometimes they like an organization that they can, you know, go through that it's hard copy, you know, maybe they can review with their partner. I, I mean, there's, there are still good reasons to produce content that is not just what you've already done.
0: Yeah. For or sure it's that.
2: repackaged. And I, I think people will buy that.
0: Yeah. And, and so has for your practice, like has the demand increase or do do people come to you and say I heard this episode and I'm coming to to visit you now
2: oh my gosh that has been phenomenal I used to see that people read read my blog which is on psychology today it's called married and still doing it and we have 15 million downloads there and I and they would say you know what you said in this blog that blog and I was like oh wow you know you're listening to but now people come in and You know, I am currently pretty full with my own patient load. I still see patients, but they are always talking about what I've said on the podcast. They're telling people about it. They're telling their therapists in my clinic, you know, well, Lori says this. And it's, I think what is exciting is they have a relationship. They have a sense of comfort about entering couples and sex therapy that wouldn't have been possible had they not listened to me. You know, I mean, when you think about, oh wow, we have sexual problems. Let's go see a sex therapist. That's really scary. Like, what is a sex therapist? Is it like Barbara Streisand on The Fockers? Right? It's <laughs> <That's laughs> Not. And my tagline in Raleigh, we have we have I think a six thousand list of doctors who have referred to us. And my tagline is, you know, you'll like her. She's normal. And basically, what they <laughs> are trying to say is, you know, that I am a real person, and so people resonate with that. And I think they feel comfortable and certainly more comfortable engaging a sex therapist uh, because they know what it's like. They, They can listen.
1: It makes sense that that would make it easier. Like it's, it is such a big step to decide to just go somewhere. If you can like hear somebody talk about it before you even go, you know what you're getting into when you walk in.
2: Right. Exactly.
1: So you say that you have people listening to your podcast and then, you know, coming to see you or talking to you how did you find that audience for your podcast in the first place? Like this was a while ago. How did you find your listeners? Like what kind of social media strategy works really well for you? Like, I just kind of want to hear all about that. That's my favorite thing.
2: I did post it on my personal page and I had a professional page. So I started posting about the episodes that we were doing and not very consistently. You know, I sent out emails. Um, We had a few flyers in the office. We distributed it to all the doctors that were in the area so that they could begin to refer their patients to us for particular problems sexually that many people struggle with, like not being able to have an orgasm or ED or premature ejaculation or frequency differences. I mean, that's, you know, one person wants more, one person wants less and doctors kind of wanted something concise because doctors don't feel as comfortable talking about sex. I mean, they're the body expert, but they're not necessarily the sex expert. So they were very excited. And I think that spread the word a little bit. And I'm not exactly sure that we did a national strategy in the beginning. (laughs) We only have an Instagram that is probably, I don't know, a year and a half old. And Vogue has picked us up. And I'm a sex expert on Vogue. I was on their wedding uh, Instagram you know and they did a little couple videos of me and that was really exciting and that has helped so people picking us up has developed us we are still in that process of developing our strategy George Fowler has a Facebook page that is really active with therapists and again therapists are distribution channels for us so we put a lot of time into that right So I, I, I need to listen to you to hear your, (laughs) I think, I think that
1: makes total sense. And I think you're in a very unique position to have so many other industry professionals that you can reach out to who can vet, like see, recognize the quality of your content and Mm -hmm. share it with others. Because if my doctor tells me, Hey, you should listen to this. I mean, that's like saying, Hey, you should take this medicine. Like, okay, sure. And there's your audience. Like it makes total sense. Yes. Yes.
0: It sounds like your PR strategy is just off the charts. Excellent. Like, you know, did people find you or did you have a a PR team reach out to, you know, Vogue and reach out to Katie Couric and New York Times and all these things that you've been on?
2: Half and half. Actually, the Katie Couric show, I knew there was a drug on female libido coming out. So I reached out to the show myself and said, or actually, no, I used the PR Person locally, but it was kind of my idea of let's time a reach with this drug coming out. And they bit and had me on, and that was great. Vogue found me, New York Times found me. Now my name, when you Google sex therapist, I mean, definitely it's out there. I pages and pages on Google. So even I I mean, I think I'm more findable these days. And podcasting, you know, is just an exploding industry. And we are usually in, we are always in the top 10 in iTunes under sexuality and we've made top four. So we were very excited about that.
0: So is video part of your strategy at all with these episodes? Like, are you capturing video, um, whether it's just you talking or whether it's you and George talking or on zoom together, like, are you utilizing video at all?
2: We are on YouTube, but we aren't just audio on YouTube. We are gotcha. not. Um, we need to probably, I, I think that's a fabulous strategy. We're, we're going to do an episode for our, Patreons, uh, our patrons on Patreon, uh, probably, but we haven't maximized that. And I think we should. Yeah, George is very photogenic, and I feel a little old and I hate wearing a lot of makeup. So I kind of resist all that. But maybe, maybe the, video will come soon
1: could you tell us some more about your patreon like what do you do on there
2: so we have three levels uh there's kind of the newsletter there's the second level is special content and the third level is a quarter includes a quarterly facebook live that we just do A. Q&A. so when people want to ask questions about sex therapy or their own sexual questions we just go on there and talk to people it's it's that's probably one of the easiest, funnest things I do is the Q&A,
1: so. Right, and it's like live podcast. That's really a cool way to interact with your audience, too. It's not just leave a comment and maybe we'll respond or we'll talk about it later. Like, let's talk about it right now. That's that's cool.
0: So I'm very curious about how COVID has impacted not necessarily your podcast, but how it's affected your practice. And, sure. And, and here's the... Here's the background for it. Couples are together a lot more. So it could go potentially one of two ways where there's more problems now uh, because people are, are together all the time. Or it go, could go the other way where now you have more time together to, you know, to be together in, in intimate ways. So like, how has your practice changed with the quarantine here?
2: I think you've nailed the issue on its head. For some couples who have lacked time, right? Time for them is their love language. That's how they feel connection. COVID is good. I personally am working at home with my husband. I'm getting to garden on breaks. I mean, there's a blessing in this that is really neat. Other couples, I think all this time together is difficult because they can no longer escape into their work or other activities. And escape the dynamics that they're struggling with as a couple so you know i survived the recession in 2008 but i remember in a week's time i lost half my practice mm. when the recession hit i mean i was just boom cut in half right away and so in march when covid hit we closed very early went to zoom as a practice i had two pregnant clinicians and immunocompromised staff workers, and I just said, we got, you know, we got to protect everybody, so we did that, and we saw a huge drop, and patients who had been with me for quite a while said, ah, you know, we'll just wait till this all, is all over, then we'll come back, and so we're going to cancel, and I just remember my throat kind of closing, like, oh no, here comes 208 again, here we go, and for about a month, there was a drop and then we are just gangbusters. I mean, people's anxiety, of course, is up. Their problems are being revealed. We've hired clinicians. We're expanding. Yeah, we're, we're growing. And people need help. I mean, I think this is what it, probably the biggest thing is being revealed is that they need help with their relationships. Yep. You know they're home home all the time, and there's they're getting plenty of sleep, and all those excuses of "I'm too tired to have sex" are not flying anymore. <laughs> and so they're like, okay, maybe there's something else that's happening. Let's go see somebody.
0: Yeah yeah and then and then there's uh kids at home all the time um just added stresses involved in everything you know i i I heard in march like that uh we would have you know a a boom in in kids nine months from march and i'm thinking you know i've got three kids at home i'm thinking yeah maybe for people that don't have any kids right now but for for people that (laughs)
2: don't know any better
0: Right exactly. So I want to be respectful of your time but I've got uh, a couple you know fun questions. Like okay. what So for Four Play Radio, do you have a favorite episode or is there any one episode that you would recommend to to the audience?
2: I suppose our most popular episodes that people like are the ones that deal with sex acts like oral sex. And they're fun. I think my own is just the fun that I'm having with George. We did one recently that was just hilarious and so informative to me it was basically on kind of a a self rating of the average joe and how he feels pre during and post game you know what what are his feelings in his body his genitals his heart and his mind and he george kind of ranks these things and i don't know if he's drawing from his own life or from his patients but it was really fun and we had a good time laughing about it and we do kind of a series there. There's an average Joe, an average Jane, and then together, this is actually our release today. We, we talk about how to close the gap on the arousal differences between a man and a woman, the timing, and I, we just have fun together. So I think that's those have been developed and they're my favorites, my, my latest ones, really.
0: Yeah, I, I listened to the, the last one and the the average joe the average jane really interesting and and you're right about george you're not sure if he's talking about his own experience or his patient's experience or or what but the the way he comes across as like naturally curious and you wouldn't you wouldn't expect somebody who is a a counselor to to come across that way i would expect him to as the host of the podcast as a counselor to have all the answers but no, like he, he's asking you advice. And uh, I think it works really well.
2: I think so too. He's just really vulnerable. And George is a 9-11 firefighter. He survived 9-11. He was a lieutenant in uh, the New York FD. And wow. so he's really kind of this unique person who is, he's a real hero. And then he became a therapist and he brought, he says, you know, I go into the fire in a different way. I go into the fire with escalated couples who are fighting and, and, you know, he helps them. And so he's just a fabulous person and a brave person. And I'm really honored to have him with me.
0: Wow. That's really cool. So what do you listen to? Like, what are your favorite podcasts?
2: I listen to stuff that you should know. It's this podcast and they have long episodes and then they have shorts, you know, and I have become so pigeonholed in my life. I mean, all my reading is about my clinical work. I can't even read fiction anymore because it's all sad. And I'm, I think I listen to sad stories all day long. I don't want to listen to that. So this is just like random stuff. You know, they, they had a little episode on jigsaw puzzles. And I'm wow. like, you know, my brain needs a few other things to think about. So I listen to that. And I do listen to, uh, I listen to the feed, which is the Libsyn podcast about podcasting. And that's Oh, they, you know, kind of keep me posted on what's going on. And I listen to Tara Brock, who is a guru on meditation and mindfulness. Very nice. I do that when I'm walking sometimes, but kind of random stuff. Those are my top ones that I listen to. And I love podcasting. I just, I would listen to podcasts all day long if I could.
0: Very nice. Incredible stuff that you're doing, Dr. Laurie. And I appreciate you being a guest on the EarFluence podcast here.
1: Thank you for joining us.
0: Yeah. Where can people find, you know, what are the calls to action here? Where can people find foreplay radio?
2: Okay. It's foreplay radio, sex therapy.com. Easy to remember. Even if you just Google foreplay and Lori, you'll get to us. Um, You know, we are on iTunes, Apple, Spotify, everywhere. Search in your podcast for sexuality and look for the black dot. And that's us. That's foreplay radio. And certainly if you're local to Raleigh, Awakenings Counseling is our couples and sex therapy. And we are fully licensed psychotherapists. We take individuals for anxiety and depression. We work with families and we have a theoretical basis. We're not just random shoot in the dark, whatever works we're going to use. We follow theory and research.
0: Awesome. Well, Dr. Lori, again, thank you so much
2: I just want to thank you guys for having me. This has been fun to talk about the business aspect of it, you know, on a podcast with people who are thinking about doing this. And I would just say, do it. You know, That's my tagline too. Do it, do the podcasting, have some sex. Starting will help your business. So go for it
0: that's incredible what a what a quote right there <laughs> do it do the podcast have some sex i like it <laughs> dr laurie thank you so much and to all the all of you who haven't tuned out to go listen to foreplay radio already thanks for sticking with us thanks for listening to the earfluence podcast i'm jason Gillikin uh, and we'll see you next time